0: Hey there, Sabertalk listeners, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Saber Talk podcast. This is Mark Geis, your host. So I get to talk about another win today, actually on a winning streak, which is shocking, the way that they've played recently, been talking about a lot of losses. But uh, they were able to get another home win, beat the Avalanche 4-1 to at home, and they badly needed to win a couple games at home. I mean, still their overall clip at home is, is terrible and still the worst in the league. But to get a couple wins at home, maybe you can build some confidence going down the stretch. So for the Sabres, Eichel, Kane, Reinhardt, and Felino scored in that order. And for the Avalanche, Eric Johnson scored the lone goal on a nice pass from from our old friend Mikhail Grig- uh, Grigorenko on the rush. Defensive breakdown by the Sabres, definitely, but it was still still a very nice pass. Uh, Zadorov is down in the AHL, so we didn't get a chance to see him, but... I mean, to be able to come up with a win against the Avalanche, who the Sabres are going to be linked to for a long time after the O'Reilly trade, it was great. Um, Sabres once again benefited from bad goaltending. So Varlamov gave up a horrible goal to Evander Kane less than five minutes into the game. So he was pulled after giving up two goals. The Eichel goal was about two minutes in. Um, And then their backup, Picard, came in, and he, he played well, I thought. And if... You take out the five minutes of our off. this would have been a lot closer game. Uh, and you would I would argue the Avalanche outplayed the Sabres throughout most of this game. But once again, they're able to come out get a get a lead due to bad goaltending, and they were able to hold on to it. Uh, despite a lot of defensive breakdowns, a lot of opportunities for the Avalanche that very well could have resulted in goals. So consequently, Robin Leonard, I thought he was the best player on the ice because he continually kept stopping quality chances and i thought he was the much deserved first star of the game i really hope he can build off this as a confidence boost he had a couple bad outings in a row but i think he rebounded with what was probably his best game as a saber so i think most important for him is just being cool and calm and I think that comes out of his confidence. He he usually is confident, but I I think when things start going wrong, his confidence can erode very quickly throughout the course of a game. I think that's kind of the source of his of his inconsistency. But when he's cool and calm, doesn't try to do too much, he he's great because he's he's big and he's athletic, he covers a lot of the net, he's got a great glove hand, great reflexes. Really everything you could ask for in a goaltender, he has it. But I think it's just Maintaining that confidence consistently over the course of a game, and if you do let up a, a bad goal, to not to not let it bring you down this bad path of of poor play f- over the course of the rest of the game, or maybe even over a stretch of games. And I that, I think that's what he has to learn in order to be a great goaltender, because he certainly has all the all the talent to be that. So hopefully he can build on this, and I think they're going to ride him heavy down the rest of the stretch or down the stretch, down the rest of the season, and rightfully so. I mean, see how he handles it, Uh, especially they're going to move out a couple pieces at the deadline most likely, and the Sabres are probably going to be worse after that, and just see how he handles it. He looks healthy. I haven't seen any sort of indication that, that he's hurt or that that injury is lingering at all, so I think he should be able to handle it, and especially if they trade Chad Johnson, I think, that's going to even put more of the onus on on Leonard to to really step up and take the lion's share of the starts. Um, now into some individual players, Eichel's goal was extremely impressive. If you didn't see it, I definitely would recommend seeing it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't he he beat Varlamov. It wasn't like an amazing play where he deked him out or where you know he got himself into amazing scoring position. But he used the defenseman as a screen. He went almost the length of the ice, more than two-thirds of the ice, Um, went around Matthew Shane. So it was a a very nice goal. I think with him, you still have to take the bad with the good. He's still going to make some mistakes, but he tends to make, at the very least, it seems like one eye-popping play per game. And I think those moments are going to continue to multiply over the next couple years where you're going to start having three or four or five every single game because he's just so talented. And his speed, I think, is what stands out the most to me and how – he can he can jet and just beat basically any player in the league and you he's not it's not like one of those smaller speedier guys where you can you can see how quickly their feet are moving and, and them getting up to full speed with him it's just this effortless stride which is which, which is what makes it even more impressive I think and it's more deceptive and it's almost more effective than a, than somebody that just looks very fast. But if you just saw Eichel skating by himself, not relative to everybody else, you might not realize the type of speed that he has. He's one of the fastest players in this league. Um, so I'll keep talking about the goal scorers and the most important guys, the guys that matter the most for the future. But I thought Sam Reinhart was very good again. He made a great play in front of the net on his goal, on a great, great deflection. Uh, Picker didn't have a chance, and I. I never would have thought that he'd be the best player on this team in front of the net, but he is. You know, you thought that might be Matt Molson or somebody like that. I don't even really want to talk about Matt Molson right now and just how how much of a disappointment he's been this year. But Reinhardt has really taken over that role on this team, on the power play, and... And he's doing it at a time in his career when he's still growing and still getting stronger. So I think as he gets stronger, he's going to make an even bigger impact in that part of the game. And I think also that's been where he's found his niche. He's made some great passes this year. His playmaking has, has made an impact here and there. But I think it's going to make even more and more of an impact. That's going to come into his game. And he's not going to be scoring 20 goals with 10 assists. It's going to be you know 25 goals and... 35 assists or you know something like that i think you're looking at with him probably a 60 65 point uh center i think he will play center and um that really makes an impact all over the ice and he can be that net front guy he can be the playmaker when he needs to be um he's going to be good in the defensive zone smart in the neutral zone tends to make the, the smart plays maybe like a Patrice Bergeron is who always comes into my head when I think of, of Sam Reinhart, and that's a guy that you that you need to, to to win championships. You need a you need a center like that. And then you've got another similar player in Ryan O'Reilly, which is what which is what is so exciting about this team. Then you have a dynamic Jack Eichel that can be the point per game plus player. So. Reinhardt, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how he gets even better in front of the net as he gets stronger and how that playmaking starts coming into his game. Uh, Evander Kane, though, his goal was nothing special. It was Varlamov just completely missing it with his glove. Um, one of the one of the worst goals of the season, probably by by given up by any goaltender. But I thought he had another very good game overall, and he's worked hard all year. But I think. It's now turning into more and more, not just offensive production, but into more and more just productive plays over the course of a shift. And I think he's been imposing his will more and more, um, making his presence felt in the corners. And so it's not just offensive production. When I say productive productive type of work from him, it's been great to see him turn around his season uh, because it was – he was working hard, but it wasn't necessarily resulting in all that much. There's a lot of him making what look like it's noticeable, but doesn't actually result in anything. doesn't necessarily result in a ton of possession for his line, but now it really is. And, of course, as a consequence of that, he's being rewarded with, with goals and with offensive production. I think it's been great to see him turn his season around despite whatever distractions were there, earlier this season with the whole sexual assault accusations and obviously you don't know is is that going to snowball into something more with what his history was in Winnipeg and he's still a 24 year old guy is that going to mess with his head but he's really rebounded well from that and I hope that he can continue to the rest of the way down the stretch that's been he's been one of the biggest stories I think of this of the second half Ryan O'Reilly will talk about another big gun I think he's rebounded from I don't know if rough stretch is the right word, but I think you could tell he was tired and getting worn down. I think the all-star break, despite him going there, I think it really helped him rest up a bit. And maybe, I don't know if it's just physically, but maybe also mentally just with how much he's leaned on time and time again. And he's still not scoring, but he's continued to get assists throughout this stretch and continue to, to, to be everywhere. So it's been nice to see him, nice to see him rebound. Now, I thought the forwards overall were were pretty good, especially the the big guns. I just talked about, you know, arguably the four uh, four most important forwards on the team. But I thought the defense played pretty poorly tonight, and there I constantly harp on them most of the most of these podcasts. But I thought they were really covered up by by Lennar's great play. Ristolainen, the most important of that gr- of that group, he still looks tired. It, it's almost like. He kind of was going on a similar trajectory like O'Reilly, where they started. It felt like they started going on a, a cold streak at the same time. Not just talking about in terms of offensive production, but just talking about the the type of impact they made in the game. But Ristolainen hasn't really come out of that yet. It seems like he still he isn't quite himself and just just looks worn down. Which I understand. It's his first time in the NHL playing this type of role, playing these types of minutes. So it is excusable, but it's still, it doesn't help this defense, excuses don't help this defense actually play anywhere close to an NHL caliber game night after night. Bogosian has been one of my whipping boys recently, but I thought he had another subpar game. And his, his D-zone coverage has just continued to be very suspect. The, the goal that was scored, and a lot of people were blaming it on, on Bogosian, I actually tweeted out something about Bogosian. Just him being out there just and seeing other mistakes he was making throughout the game he just has been bad recently but that goal wasn't really his fault and I, I thought the forwards were were more to blame for that goal specifically matt molson to a lesser extent delorier and david legwand and that line when those three are together i think they tend to struggle especially in the defensive zone because there's no speed on that line you know Leg molson is the worst skater on the team uh, legwand isn't that far behind him i think he Leguan has been good this year when you've been able to surround him with a little bit of speed. And DeLaurier is what he is. He's not his speed isn't his isn't his forte. So it's not necessarily all the the blame of the three players. I think they just don't complement each other well necessarily. And they've they've been victims of quite a few odd man rushes, uh, quite a few defensive breakdowns. I think just because they they're a step late. And with how fast the NHL game is now speed is that speed is so important and skating is so important. That's been one of the, one of the biggest things that this team has struggled with the last couple of years is, is team speed. And that line embodies, they feel like a line from the last couple of years. Not that this year, not that this team is, is way above and beyond what those teams were, but they are certainly better and they have, they have more team speed, uh, more NHL caliber players, I would say. So, that line's going to continue to struggle if they stay together. And with Matt Molson, it's so hard, especially when there are injuries, to take him out of the lineup. Despite he he's really not making any sort of an impact out there. Uh, to continue to talk about the defense, I thought Patsick was their best defenseman tonight. It was nice to have him back in the lineup. I was kind I was surprised that he that he missed the game prior, but it was very good to have him back. I thought he was pr- he was pretty much himself. Gergensen's also made a positive impact in his return, I thought, and they missed, especially with having Johan Larsen out, it made them miss Gergensen's that much more because I think they both bring a similar type of element. They're both leaned on defensively, but they also kind of bring that that bull in a china shop type of agitating style. And so it's nice to have Gergensen's back, and it'll be even nicer to have Larsen back. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be back. I'm hoping it's sometime in this upcoming week. So... More looking at things from from a bird's eye view, I guess. I'm I'm becoming convinced that the Sabres aren't gonna be able to out tank Toronto. And I'd said this before, it's kind of a three man race between Toronto, Buffalo, and Columbus, but I don't really see Toronto getting out tanked. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of quite a few players at the at the deadline. They have a bunch of expiring contracts. And so they're going to be even worse talent wise after the deadline and they've been they've really struggled recently struggled much more in the sabers recently so i think they're not a lock for dead last because you never know in this league what type of run a team could go on the sabers even the last couple of years went on a couple of runs where it defied all defied all logic so i think 29th is certainly in reach and 29th it's it's not incredibly important, but it would be really nice to be able to come in 29th or 30th. And then say if you come in 29th, you're guaranteed a top five pick. You're guaranteed one of Matthews, Line A, uh, Chikrin, Pouli, or Kachuk, which are the, that top five that's kind of been kind of separated itself from the pack. So it'd be great to be guaranteed one of those players. They very well, all, all five of them could step into the league next year so that would be really nice. Obviously I'm not I'm not rooting for losses. The tank isn't it's not quite as important as it, as it was the last couple years. But to get one of those five players would just be incredible. And to have as good a chance as possible at getting Austin Matthews, that would be beyond incredible. But all five of those guys, I think if there's there's a drop off after that point and it would be great to get any of them and they all fit a need. Uh, obviously, if you don't get Matthews and say you, the other three are all wingers, which you need a lot of. But Austin Matthews getting another top-flight center just gives you more flexibility. Maybe you keep Reinhardt on the wing long-term, and it's Eichel and Matthews down the middle, and then uh, Chikrin having another quality defenseman in the system, especially a lefty, would be would be incredible. So I'm gonna keep following that. I'm not following it to the extent that I have over the last couple of years, but uh, it it is important. And some people are talking about it. And that that player, whoever they get in the draft this year, is gonna be an important building block to them being a contender potentially down the line. So next game, they're going to Ottawa on Tuesday for a 7:30 tilt. Ottawa's really struggled recently. They they picked up Dion Phaneuf. I. Talked about that earlier on the earlier in the podcast, but that really hasn't solved their defensive issues, and they're, they just have a complete lack of depth defensively. They've lost three games in a row, so I think, yeah, they're they're trending downward, but they're going to be even hungrier now to right the ship at home. And the Senators' big guns, namely Eric Carlson, Bobby Ryan, those are the two that stick out the most in my mind. They tend to own the Sabers. They're historically very productive against the Sabres, and um, especially Carlson. seems He's, he's got to be over a point per game, probably healthily over a point per game in his career against the Sabres, at least over the last few years against the Sabres. I, I'm expecting the Sabres to go back to Leonard after his performance on Sunday, and they don't have another game until Friday, so it's not like there's a back-to-back game where they could choose to go with Johnson in one of those games. So hopefully Leonard can come back, have the same type of performance that he had, Sabers have struggled offensively on the road. They've struggled everywhere to score, but recently they've actually they, they've scored more goals at home than they have on the on the road. It was flip flopped if you were talking a month plus ago, but they've been scoring more at home recently. And on the road, they've really struggled uh, struggled to put the puck in the net. So hopefully they can rebound with a few goals, and Leonard can can be himself, and hopefully they can clean up this play in the defensive zone. It's always nice to beat Ottawa, though at this point it doesn't really impact me much. It shouldn't really impact most fans whether they win or lose because if they lose, look at that draft position. They're closer to being in 29th or 30th, and if they win, great. It's very likely that the, that the big guns played a, played a good game and that more things are starting to come into place and you're starting to see the pieces of the puzzle come together more. So hopefully I'll I'll have one of these out right after the the game on Tuesday night, and enjoy. Thank you once again for listening.